Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. We got some breaking news happening right now. The phone number 877-973-7425. Happening now, a Russian jet has collided with a U.S. drone over the Black Sea. Uh, It's part of a pattern of Russian pilots targeting U.S. drones. This one in particular says the drone, an MQ-9 drone, is a complete loss. Two Russian jets uh, were involved, one of which struck the propeller of the drone, causing a complete uh, collapse of the drone. Uh, Prior to that, the jets had dumped fuel on the drone, flew in front of the drone, trying to bring it down with uh, the air turbulence behind them. Uh, the U.S., this is this is so dumb, though. This is the actual statement. The U.S. military described it as reckless, environmentally unsound, and unprofessional. Seriously? We're gonna, it's environmentally unsound. You dump fuel in the Black Sea. Shame on you. Really? That's what environmentally, what a, what a, a fat statement. Good grief. Uh, come on, people. The Russians tried to and successfully did take down one of our drones with one of their planes. Now, I don't know whether or not there was damage to the Russian plane, whether or not it could stay in the air or what, uh, but they took out the propeller of the drone. My suspicion is the Russian jet was fine. They're kind of built like tanks, these particular uh, SU-27 jets. Um, but uh, this is happening more and more. Uh, the Russians getting more and more aggressive. Uh, just just need you to keep your keep your... Um, keep up to date on this. The, the original report said two planes collided with the drone. That's not true. One plane, but this has happened, um, and the U.S. military has released a statement on this. Uh, the Russians having dumped fuel on the drone from above and then flown in front of it trying to disrupt the airflow around it, uh, ultimately colliding with the propeller, breaking the propeller, causing the drone to be ditched in the Black Sea. Now, I want to start this hour with a phone call. 877-973-7425 is the phone number. Dion, you're going to be up first this hour. Welcome to the program. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's going on? Yeah, I think that um, it's time the U.S. stop this war in in Ukraine. I actually believe that um, China, the leaders of China, want to see the leader of um, Russia in order to bring about peace and not give them weapons to continue the war. I think that at this time, this war is not sustainable. I think that world leaders such such like um, Turkey, Germany, and Israel need to go see Putin one by one and persuade him that he cannot win and there's no winning in this war. And I'm really ashamed of Israel. They really need to step up because the the rhetoric started um, with with, um, Putin saying some Nazi things about people in Ukraine. And um, I'm ashamed of Israel, the way they acted when this, when the war started, first started, you know, Israel was really acting like, Azrael, when Gargamel started, you know, um, this whole war. And I think that the Chinese president, the Chinese president, I don't think he's a warmonger. That man wants to make his country grow just like he did before. 
and um, there's no winning in this war. It's, it's time that um, lead world leaders come together, talk to Putin, and if Putin maintains power, I believe that his own country will take him out during the next election. It's time to stop this war, and U.S. need to stop. Um, U.S. need to step step up uh, the leadership. That's my now, opinion. Let, let me ask you a question here, Diana, on the Russian election. So uh, Putin has been winning the elections in Russia at about at a rate of ninety percent, uh, and they're widely considered rigged elections by most outside observers. So. Uh, if the Russian people were to rise up, uh, how considering Putin is presumed at this point to be stealing the elections anyway, I mean, what do the Russian people do in your mind? Well, it's going to take the Russian people and also um, Putin's subordinates to stop him. I think that if you have world leaders going to talk to Putin, you will have his leaders you will have his, his subordinates saying, hey, you, you need to listen to this people. Before, I don't think that they could t- um, tell Putin to, um, to stop the war because Putin has all power. But when they see other leaders um, help out, then, um, then they will probably, um, Putin will probably stop the, um, the war himself. But as far as the um, election, I think that um, even the, uh, his subordinates around him will also see that he has lost respect and power along with the country. They, they'll be able to take him out. Well, you know, there are some speculation. Uh, you know, thank you very much for the phone call, Dion. There are some American intelligence operatives who believe that Putin is dying already, that he's got cancer. Uh, there's some speculation he doesn't have long to live. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, there are a lot of people who are spontaneously falling out of buildings and uh, falling onto knives in, in Russia, the ones who would take him out. Uh, thus far, they haven't. I will say I agree and disagree with you on China. Uh, the Chinese would like to figure out a way to find peace. They will help the Russians militarily. But they do want to find a way to broker peace so that they can be seen as a world leader uh, juxtaposed against the United States, which couldn't find peace. The Russians don't trust. But make no mistake, President Xi has superpower ambitions. He wants to spread his worldview around the world, wants to build an axis of powers aligned with China's worldview and put pressure on the United States. He's... Uh, tired of China uh, feeling like it is always in a a subservient position to the United States. I have a personal theory on China, though. Uh, I think China is already in decline. Economically, there's a lot of data to suggest this. I think what's going on here, if you know anything about China, is that they have a problem. Uh, The Chinese, there are all sorts of jokes made these days about uh, the, the Chinese don't like girls. The Chinese citizenry abort girls. They are disproportionately a male-dominated society. They have fewer and fewer women because of uh, their sterilization and abortion campaigns over the last number of decades. So you have a lot of angry young men who do not have women to ground them, uh, to domesticate them, to civilize them. Uh, And these angry young men are a disturbance in society, and she 
has very remarkably galvanized their anger and resentment towards the outside world, lest they turn on him. And at some point, that's going to provoke him into military uh, conflict in order to show, I mean, he's boxed himself in. He's got to be aggressive to stand with these angry young Chinese men. And he's going to have to be aggressive against the rest of the world. That's going to lead him in a path of war, or he himself is going to get thrown out of power, which he doesn't want. That makes a destabilized society. Uh, The Chinese are not the good guys here. Uh, The Chinese are, in fact, the bad guys. They are not our friend. And the sooner we as a nation realize the Chinese are not our friend, but actually a military adversary, the smarter we will be when it comes to dealing with them. Now, there's other breaking news that has just happened. Uh, beyond the the Russian ship, there's domestic news as well. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has revoked the Hyatt Regency Miami's alcohol license. The hotel hosted a sexually explicit show with children present. It was called a Drag Queen Christmas. It happened December 27th of 2022. The governor's administration announcing they're revoking the Hyatt Regency's alcohol license as a result of what they deem a sexually explicit show with minors present. Notice he's doing this the day after the Ukraine statement on Tucker Carlson that that has some people uh, agitated on the right. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people I respect on the right very upset with DeSantis. I'm not. Uh, and they are, um, they want to be right. They don't want to give him a measure of deviating from their view. Uh, they, they really hate other portions of the Republican Party, and they want someone to beat those portions of the Republican Party and don't think DeSantis can do it if he sounds anywhere near them. And he's fighting this culture war thing that a lot of these people don't like. I personally think DeSantis is playing this smart. I personally think he is. And my suspicion I have a sneaking suspicion, and it's based on polling trends from pollsters I find reliable. The American public at this point, a majority of Americans, have decisively turned against the trans activist community. And the trans community is so in-your-face and bullying at all times that it's going to come back to bite them. Uh, More and more doctors are coming forward saying it was a bad idea to go down the road of what they call gender-affirming surgeries, essentially um, creating male appendages for women or carving out female um, reproductive organs in men. It's a bad idea. Doctors in Europe are starting to say it's a bad idea. Not only that, more and more research has come out showing that the rate of suicidal thoughts and suicides in that community is the same even in areas of countries that are very affirming, open, and tolerant, as in supposedly closed-minded anti-trans areas of those countries. It is a clear mental health issue. And because the trans community has pushed for normalization and mainstreaming as aggressively as they have, uh, they've started burning bridges with people who otherwise might have given them some latitude. The result of all of this 
is a public backlash against the trans community. I'm sorry, y'all, but you cannot look at the absurd hate towards J.K. Rowling of Harry Potter fame and not realize there's something wrong with these people. There is something aggressively wrong with these people being that hostile and aggressive to anyone who disagrees with them, shutting everyone down, and then allowing a bunch of people to become your poster child, poster children, and their views are they're playing dress up. Um, it's it's they've they've let the worst elements of the community define the community. And there's now a public backlash against some people who, frankly, do need to be protected, are going through some stuff who need to be treated empathetically. And the angriest, nastiest voices are in charge of promoting their side. And there's going to be a backlash against everyone. And it is deeply regrettable and unfortunate because you are, at the end of the day, dealing with people who are hurting. But their movement has been hijacked by an aggressive strain of people who want not tolerance, but acceptance. And not just acceptance, but normalization. And it's allowing politicians like Ron DeSantis and others to push back with public opinion on their side. The trans community and their media allies have bullied too many people, and people have finally decided to stand up for the bullies. And the unfortunate side of this is there are a lot of very kind and loving people in the trans community who need help, who don't need affirmation, just need to be left alone, and they're going to get hurt by the aggressive advocacy of trans advocates who are bullying, punishing, and silencing anyone who disagrees with them. It is unfortunate for them, but you know what? They've played into the hands of people like DeSantis, who shutting down a Hyatt Regency's alcohol license for an explicit uh, drag queen show with children present, uh, the left just doesn't know how to nuance this stuff. They've gone too far, provoked a public backlash, and that's going to help a guy like Ron DeSantis probably get a Republican nomination if not elected president. So my kid has a queen-size bed. We've got a king-size bed. We got him bull and branch sheets, and he's used them. He had, like, kid sheets, and now he's old enough. He doesn't want the, the action figure sheets anymore. Well, we got lost because, I mean, the sheets look like our sheets, except they're queen-size sheets, and they got put in our closet, and the kid was in despair. We got him bowl and branch sheets. They've gotten softer and softer, and he's like, where are my real sheets? He refused to sleep until we found the real sheets because they're that soft. They're that good. They're made with a 100% organic cotton thread. They get softer in every wash. You can stay cozy all winter long with a set of bowl and branch sheets. They really are that good. We have them on multiple beds in our house. My goodness, my seriously, my kid, uh, he's finally like, my sheets are for kids. I'm I'm grown up now, and uh, it's just a, a step of quality above what he had, and now he's like, can't sleep without these sheets. They're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made without toxins. They're free of pesticides, formaldehyde, other chemicals. They fit the deepest mattress, too, which I love because we have a very thick mattress on our bed, and it fits. It doesn't, like, bunch up and then snap off in the middle of the night when you roll over. You can get 15% off your forced order Bowl & Branch sheets when you use promo code ERIC at BowlAndBranch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's Bowling Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, the phone number is 877-973-7425. Short segment. I'm going to share just something personal. 
So I got this new office space, and they can't figure out the, the building can't figure out what's going on with our air conditioning. My suspicion is the way they've got this floor I'm on constructed, the control is probably in the next office over, which is usually vacant. But when they turn the heat on, it doesn't stop. So it gets sweltering in the studio. As a result, they turned all the heat off, completely off, like the supposed thermostat controls in my office that don't even seem to work in the studio section of the office. They're, they're, they're useless. Well, I woke up this morning in middle Georgia, and it was 32 degrees. It is right now 2.27 p.m., and it is 55 degrees in my office. I am in long pants, long sleeve shirt, my puffy jacket, and I'm frigid. It's cold, but at least I have this cool office now, which is good. It's good. It's nice to be in an office. So, you know, it's it's becoming a thing. Like, I, I want to be able to sometimes, uh, if, if I need to be home, I mean, if my wife's not feeling well, got to do something with the kids to be able to broadcast from home, and we're working on that, but... Being able to get up and get in a routine, it wasn't as hard as I expected it to be to get back into the routine of coming to an office. I kind of missed just having a place to be the office and being able to turn the lights off when I'm done. And, in fact, I've got the light system on here programmed uh, in, in my studio for the radio show. So when it hits uh, 3 p.m., everything turns off, and it's kind of my cue. You're done. You can get out of here. And now that it's late in the evening, uh, the sun's up, I would like to go play golf more in the afternoons, but I can't yet because I still, I got a lot of stuff to do. Speaking of, can we please, please, for the love of all that is decent and holy, can we as a nation stop doing the time change? Now, a buddy of mine made an argument yesterday, and I did not realize that there there is a six to seven hour difference in the northern latitudes of this country, in the amount of sunlight they get between winter and summer, six hours more or less of sunlight. And in Miami, it's only about three hours. It's a pretty striking difference. And, and we're, we're talking about continental. We're not talking about Alaska, where it's a massive difference. It's about a 22-hour difference. But can we just pick one, please? And it does make sense to me that we go with daylight saving time not with standard time because we only do standard time for part of November, all of December, all of January, all of February, and then the first week of March. Really, it's it's like four months we do standard time. I'm pretty sure our kids would be okay standing in the dark waiting for their school bus in the morning because guess what? At a portion of the year, like right now, they're doing that. They can get used to it. Survival of the fittest. All that sort of stuff. I, I just, I, I'm kind of pick, and I'm I would rather go with daylight saving time. I think and having light in the afternoon so I can go play golf, as opposed to early. I mean, I'm not a morning person to begin with, but I think that's why Congress refuses to actually do anything, is because half the country wants standard, half the country wants daylight saving time. At this point, I don't really care. Just pick one. There's no reason for us to keep springing forward and falling back all the time. Just pick one and be done with it and we'll all adapt and move on howdy welcome it is eric erickson here i i gotta tell you guys uh one of the so i can look out my office window and there's a parking deck 
beneath me, uh, the building comes up out of the parking deck. So the, the second, third, fourth floor, the parking deck, the fourth floor doesn't have a roof over it. So I'm standing there and I notice this, there's a yellow Camaro with a black racing stripe and the window goes, goes up, then down, up, down a little bit. And I'm just standing there during commercial. And I realize it is a woman in her Camaro. The engine is on and she's smoking in the car on the smoke with the window down and finishes her cigarette, rolls up the window, turns off the car and goes back inside. This, I just, I've, I've never smoked. I, I have no, I like I'll smoke cigars, but just cigarettes. I just, they're, I, they stink. I, I find them gross. Um, want nothing to do with them. I realize people get addicted to them, but the, it is 50 some odd degrees and you got a 52 degrees where I am right now. And you gotta, you're so desperate for your cigarette. You gotta go sit in your car, turn on the heat, roll the window down and have your smoke break. I just, and they're so expensive. I do find it funny. The polling that shows a majority of Americans are fine banning cigarettes and also majority of Americans are fine legalizing marijuana. One of the worst things on the planet is, and it happens every day now is you drive down the road and someone is smoking weed in their car and your whole car begins to stink just like with cigarette smoke, except to some degree, it's where, I mean, they call it skunk weed for a reason. It smells like a skunk, some of it, and you're smoking it in your car. It's so gross to go to the grocery store and it's typically, I, I don't mean to, to stigmatize or, or stereotype, but inevitably it's the instant cart shoppers. And you know the instant cart shoppers. They're in there with multiple carts. They're shopping for multiple people and they reek of marijuana and it just, it, st- it genuinely stinks. Why do you want to smell that way? Why do you want your car to smell that way? I just, and, and you drive down the road, now you go through like Atlanta, my goodness, it, it's it's just gross. It stinks. It really genuinely stinks. And it comes into other people's cars when it's in your car. Plus, it's, it's I mean, driving while high is not exactly a safe thing. I mean, you, you, you get pulled over for drunk driving. You get pulled over for driving when you're high as a kite. It just, I don't know, folks, it just stinks. And all the people who say that marijuana is not addictive, tend to not be able to stop smoking marijuana. Okay, got that off my chest. I'm going to move on now to poor little Kamala Harris. Poor little Kamala Harris, she's tired. She feels like she's being beat up on. This is a headline from CNN. Democratic leaders want the party to stop its Kamala Harris pylon ahead of 2024. But listen to this. This is so Ed, Edward Ivan DeVore, he's kind of a stenographer for the Democratic Party at CNN. Elizabeth Warren has called twice to apologize. Over a month later, Kamala Harris hasn't called back. In a local Boston radio interview in late January, Warren was enthusiastic about President Joe Biden running for reelection, but Asked if Biden should keep Harris as his running mate, she said, I really want to defer to what makes Biden comfortable on his team. The incident and its aftermath, different details of which were described to CNN by multiple people close to the Massachusetts senator and people close to the vice president, has fed an ongoing breakdown of accusations and purported misunderstandings. Pretty insulting is how one person close to Harris described the feelings of many in the vice president's office and in her wider orbit. 
Several people close to Warren said the senator was calling to explain her statement as purely a mistake, a fumbling, unintentional attempt to avoid stepping on a campaign announcement from the president. A spokesperson for Warren pointed to the statement the senator issued hours after the original interview, clarifying what she said. And an additional person close to Warren cited a personal and political relationship that goes back to being the first senator to endorse Harris for Senate and said of her support she didn't mean to imply otherwise. Warren made her case to Harris's chief of staff, Lorraine Voiles, who returned the senator's call in place of Harris, a source familiar with the callback told CNN. But the Harris moment is infuriating many in Harris's, the Warren moment is infuriating many in Harris's circle. To them, it's the latest in a long string of snubs to a vice president whom they say has never gotten the respect or support she deserves. Warren's words sting even more, they say, because they came from a former rival who in 2020 hoped to be picked as Biden's running mate instead. You got that? I, I, I got to say something here. Kamala Harris, maybe you should consider it is you and not them. Elizabeth Warren called to apologize to Kamala Harris for a misstep in her statement about Biden's presidential campaign. Called twice, Harris won't return her phone call, and they say it's insulting. Now, never mind that Elizabeth Warren was the first person to endorse Kamala Harris's Senate run. They think that Kamala Harris isn't getting the respect or support she deserves. I would just like you to know, Vice President Harris, that you don't deserve respect. You don't deserve support. You earn it, and you have not earned it. The fact that CNN is running a story saying Democrats want people to stop talking bad about you suggests that you're incapable of getting them to talk stop talking bad about you yourself because you don't have the chops to do it. In fact, you have higher staff turnover than the President of the United States. Your staff leave and say you're difficult to work with. Many of them on background have told reporters you don't do the work you need to do, and your own personal public performances are pitiful and pathetic. I'm sorry you don't like to be treated badly, but maybe you should step up. Instead of thinking you are a victim, maybe you should accept responsibility. Maybe you should try harder. Maybe you should be more diligent. Maybe you should stop blaming the team around you for mismanagement and recognize it's you, not them. I mean, the fact of the matter is the Harris political team, Kamala Harris's political team, submitted names to, I think it was the New York Times or the Washington Post, it was the New York Times, submitted names of people who they said would say nice things about Kamala Harris. And many of those people, the Harris team submitted, did not say nice things about Kamala Harris. In fact, they had reservations about Kamala Harris. That is a thing that happened. When the Harris political team is farming out reporters to people to say nice things, and those people have reservations, maybe it's you, Kamala Harris, and not them. Maybe you actually do suck as vice president. Maybe you have problems. The fact that CNN is doing the story kind of is a damning indictment on you. This this from CNN. Harris diehards aren't the only ones who said they've had enough. 
embedded in many top Democrats' thinking as Biden appears headed towards a re-election campaign announcement, according to CNN conversations with three dozen leading Democrats, is fear that years of Harris negativity could now prove a political problem. Any running mate is a heartbeat away for the presidency, they say, but that's a different proposition when the heart in question has been beating for more than 80 years. Multiple Democratic leaders contend that if people don't start feeling more positive about the next person in line of succession, they might turn away from the ticket entirely. They're urging allies to stop the Harris pile-on if only for Biden's sake. Oh, my gosh! They want people to stop raising their reservations about Harris because they're afraid. Listen, Harris already has the problem. It's not like if you just shut up about it, the problem goes away. People think Kamala Harris is out of her depth, out of her league, and not very good at the job. This is not a they've said bad things and people believe it. This is they're saying bad things because people already believed it. And Harris has done nothing but prove them right. Harris has done nothing but show They have reasons for believing these things. Kamala Harris is not good at this job. Kamala Harris does not have a lot of support. Internally in the Democratic Party, people privately point out she never even made it to Iowa. At least Elizabeth Warren competed through Iowa Kamala Harris collapsed, and her campaign said she was too busy winning the fight on Twitter to actually win the presidency. That was one of the chief diagnoses from within the campaign. She got the pick because Joe Biden wanted to reward black women in South Carolina who he attributed with saving his campaign. He tried to get Stacey Abrams. She blew him off. So he needed another diversity pick, and he picked a woman whose campaign was so incompetent it couldn't even make it to the Iowa caucus. And now they're concerned that people don't like her and they're talking bad about her. They didn't like her, and they were talking about her before Iowa. That's just the reality of it. And now, Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Yes, Kamala Harris. I we, we've got so many of those. That's 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 one of the greatest things Charlie ever did put together for the program. <laughs> it really is good. Now, speaking of something else that's good, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the three pack. It is good for your home. It wipes out odors. It eliminates the mold, the pollen, the dust that's floating in the air. You can get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. EdenPureDeals.com. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. You get three of them. You get one for your basement. You get one for your upstairs, one for your downstairs. You can use one for your RV or, like I do, one for your travel bag. I keep it in my travel bag. The thing is only slightly bigger than my hand. I can hold it in my hand. I can plug it directly into a wall 
or I can use it with a USB cord in my car. So, for example, real-world uses, I had a rental car where someone had been smoking something. It stunk. My mom thought it smelled like a skunk. I plugged in the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, and it wiped out those odors. I've been in a hotel room that was a very musty odor. It was an old hotel room. Fired up the Eden Pure, walked away, came back, and had taken care of the odors. It works. I use it in my kitchen because we don't have an exhaust vent. So if I fry in the kitchen with the fry odors, I use the Eden Pure, and it wipes out those odors. It doesn't mask the odors. It wipes them out. Get three of them for less than $200. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC, my name on the front page of the site, E-R-I-C-K, EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code, E-R-I-C-K. You'll get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. I have got to play for you some audio from the President of the United States. He had an interview on Comedy Central, The Daily Show. I can remember exactly where my uh, epiphany was. Okay. Hadn't thought much about it, to tell you uh-huh. the truth. And I was a, I was a senior in high school, and my dad was dropping me off. And I remember about to get out of the car, and I looked to my right, and two well-dressed men in suits kissed each other. I mean, they gave each other a kiss. And then one went, looked like he was heading to the DuPont building, and one looked like he headed to the Hercules Corporation building. And I'll never forget, I turned and looked to my dad. He said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. It's simple. No, I'm not joking. It's simple. They love each other. And it's never been, it's, it's, it's never been, it's just that simple. It doesn't matter whether it's, whether it's same sex or a heterosexual couple. You should be able to be married. What is the problem? So listen to your auntie and your uncle. Get married. Do it now. Don't wait. Okay. Joe Biden tells Comedy Central that he had his epiphany about accepting gay marriage when he was a kid and saw two men kissing, and his dad said, it's simple, Joey, they love each other. That, that's his story. He said this story before. Problem is the story is more likely than not not true, and we only need look at Joe Biden's actions to realize they're not true, because if he had an epiphany that gay marriage is fine, why did Joe Biden support the Defense of Marriage Act? And why was Joe Biden opposed earlier in his political career to gay marriage? He says he had the epiphany when he was a kid, and yet he opposed gay marriage in his Senate career, and he supported the Defense of Marriage Act, which was against gay marriage. So which is true? Remember when any time Donald Trump said anything that, that was possibly not true, the media flew into a blind rage? And everyone had to denounce it. Everyone had to expose it. And everyone had to be up in arms about Donald Trump not telling the truth. Joe Biden does this all the time. And the media lets him get away with it. You you almost begin to think the media wasn't really sincere hmm, when it was Donald Trump. They continually let Joe Biden get away with it. Remember the New York Times, they had a story about Joe Biden prior to the election when they were they knew it was going to be a Republican wave and they were ready to throw Joe Biden under the bus the moment Republicans took back the House and the Senate. And one of the stories was Joe Biden's problem on the campaign trail is that he tells these stories. He tells these stories. And he tends to tell fables. He tends to exaggerate. They wouldn't bring themselves to say he lies. 
It's just he tells made-up stories. In other words, he lies. They couldn't bring themselves to do that. And so this is Joe Biden who he is claiming it would have been, what, the 1950s in Delaware? He saw two men openly kissing before going to work. Do you really believe that in the 1950s in Delaware, Joe Biden saw two men kissing in public on the street before going to their respective offices? Do you really believe that happened? No, you don't. Nobody does because it didn't happen. I mean, this would have been the 1950s. We're not talking the 1990s. We're not talking 2000s when even in the 1980s and 90s, it was super uncommon uh, outside of San Francisco to see something like that. This Delaware in the 1950s, of course it did not happen. Of course it did not happen. And yet the media gives him a pass. Like, oh, Joe, you're so open, progressive, and tolerant. He just keeps making stuff up and lying about things. And the media gives him a pass in a way they never would for any Republican, particularly Donald Trump. This is the other thing Joe Biden said in that interview. Transgender kids is a really harder thing. What's going on in Florida is, as my mother would say, close to sinful. I mean, it's just terrible what they're doing. It's not like, you know, a kid wakes up one morning and says, you know, I decided I want to become a man or I want to become a woman or I want to change. I mean, what, what, what are they thinking about here? They're human beings. They love, they have feelings, they have inclinations that are, I mean, it, it just to me is, I don't know, it, it's cruel. And the way we do it is we make sure we pass legislation like we passed on same-sex marriage. You mess with that, you're breaking the law, and you're going to be held accountable. Um, you know, a lot of times it is they get pushed into doing it by peers or by, uh, we now know, teachers. It's there is no I, I, I don't think I'm a boy. I think I'm a girl uh, all their life. And a lot of times it's a parent doing it. It's a very rare phenomenon. And he thinks it's cruel to hold the line and stop kids from making permanent decisions about their bodies when they're young. I, you know, the problem's not Florida's cruel. The problem is Joe Biden and the left are doing this to kids. And we need to stand up and protect the kids and align our system of laws to protect the children from the abuse being inflicted on them by others.